Good morning and Merry Christmas. Oh, y'all aren't ready for it, I can tell. All right. Well, I, I hope it gets better as the day goes. It, it's wonderful to see you this morning. We've had a, a great crowd. I was wondering how it was going to be at this service. The last service was standing room only. So uh, I was wondering, when is anybody coming to the second service? But obviously, here you are. Good to see you. I know you're glad to see me in a tie. Right? Did you, did you recognize me? And some people say, I didn't recognize you with a tie on. I've heard that more than once. Listen, I wear, I wear a tie three times. Christmas, Easter, and your funeral. So just let me know on the third one. Just let me know on the third one and I'm there, okay? So, uh, matter of fact, the last time my boy said, Dad, your tie was... Po-. I didn't realize this until I got here. Somewhere. Apparently this tie plays music. And so I got to preach without hitting that and it, it going off. I don't usually wear ties that play music. But anyway, uh, hey, so I want to be clear about tomorrow. We have a, a Christmas Eve service. So, you know, the last two weeks we've had the concert, and in the concert there was a drama, and in that drama I gave a Christmas Eve message. If you heard that, that doesn't count for this year. You, you don't get off for coming last week and hearing me. you got to come tomorrow. Tomorrow's the Christmas Eve. We have our... 3.15, 5 o'clock, if you live maybe on this side of Chesterfield over here, our Midlothian campus is at, at 4 o'clock. You may want to try that one out if that time fits suits you well. If you're kind of new to our church, our Christmas Eve service is about 45, 50 minutes long, very informal, and uh, we just have a good time with carols and hymns, and my, uh, my wife does a, a, a little thing with it. This will be her 17th Christmas to, to do a little thing for the kids over here. She's kind of like Mrs. Claus now, isn't she? So I'll tell her y'all said that. But uh, anyway, I hope you'll be here tomorrow night as we continue uh, during this Christmas season to celebrate our Lord and Savior and uh, what happened at Bethlehem. And speaking of Bethlehem, let me read from the Christmas story beginning in Luke chapter 2 verse 1. It says there, at at that time, the Roman Emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken when Quirinius was governor of Syria. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for this census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee... He took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, who was now expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger, because there was no lodging available for them. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were, they were terrified. But the angel reassured them, don't, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all the earth. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, 
let's go to Bethlehem. I've always thought that was like one of the funniest lines in the Bible. Yeah, I'd probably go to Bethlehem at this point too. (laughs) Let us see the thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and they found Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby lying in the manger. Man, that whole scene right there, the the scene of the manger, that, that's Christmas, isn't it? I mean, when you have one thought of Christmas, maybe we, we think of that manger. I, I'm guessing you have one or two in your home, maybe one out on the front yard. Uh, that, that scene adorns our Christmas cards. We all know the scene. It's the outline or the silhouette of the stable, a, a star up in the sky, light illuminating out from the stable, and there's the shepherds and Mary and Joseph and some animals kind of gathered around adoring what is in that manger, adoring the baby Jesus. Gosh, that picture right there, that's just a... That's a picture of every good word we want, isn't it? Don't, don't you think of that picture and think of words like peace and hope and, and joy? That, that's the manger. That's, that's Christmas. And because it's become so wonderful for us, we've kind of sanitized it, haven't we? I mean, honestly, this picture that means so much to us, not one of us would want to have a child in that. I mean, you realize it's a barn, Right? It does not smell like a Yankee candle and Christmas scents, right? It smells much more, we'll say, organic, right? And yes, there's cattle lowing. There's probably a rat nearby. Don't rats usually hang out kind of in barns? And lice, lice, that's what's in hay and and animals and barns like that. Nobody would, God, why did you? Why this place? Why, why this way? You know why? It's because everyone can enter that scene. That's not off limits to anybody. If Jesus, the Son of God, the King of Kings, entered this world, as we might imagine, I mean, if, if we were creating this picture, He'd be born in a palace, Right? And and the royal guard, the imperial guard would be surrounding that palace. And, And while that would be so right, why that would be so worthy of Jesus, do you realize that's a picture that that billions of us would feel separated from? I, I wouldn't feel like I could enter that picture. I wouldn't feel like I I belong there. But everybody can walk into the, the stable. Everybody can approach the... You know, I say everybody can. There is one barrier. That'd be our own pride, wouldn't it? I have to get past my own pride to enter into that scene and have the opportunity for God. The opportunity to be near Him. A couple of weeks ago, I, I started a series and... Series kind of fell apart, <laughs> you know, with the with the weather and having to move the the concert around and everything. But I can still think we can get us there where we're going today. But uh, in that, we did a we started off with kind of a Bible study, and we saw kind of what God wants to do and how He works. And what God wants to do is He wants to bless. God wants to bless everyone, and quite often He does that through you and me. 
He does that through whom he has blessed. We saw in Genesis 12 kind of a very broad statement. God wants to bless and I'm going to do it through you, Abraham, who I am blessing. And then we turn to the New Testament and we saw some very specific ways that God blessed. We saw him in one situation give comfort Another situation, he gave physical provision or, or finances. In another place, it was forgiveness. Think about that. That's, that's, an, that's a, uh, an emotional need, a physical need, a, a spiritual or a relational need. In all these areas, God wants to bless, God wants to provide. And in every single one of them, he, whatever he gave, comfort, provision, forgiveness, he said, now you go and give it. I've given you comfort so you can go and give comfort. I've given you forgiveness so you can go and give forgiveness. So God blesses us so that we can go out and bless others. Well, what greater thing have we been blessed with than Jesus Christ? And there's a lot of ways we could think, okay, what's the blessing that comes into my life because I know, because I have a relationship with Jesus. But one of those things that we're blessed by is the opportunity to know God's with me. I'm I'm never alone. God is near. God is with me. Kind of a theme verse I've had throughout the month of December is Matthew one twenty three. You see it up here on the screen. Behold, the virgin will conceive and bear a son and they will know him as they will call him. The experience they will have in relating with him is Emmanuel. Because I know Him, because I, I got to know Him and raise Him, I can now say, God's with me. God is near me. That's a blessing we have received in Jesus. So as I understand the Scripture, that would then be the blessing I want to carry out to others. Now we could generally say, you, you want to carry that wherever you go. Work, school, vacation, home, wherever you go. But what we want to do this Christmas season, and it's not really going to be limited to this Christmas season. It's something we really want to make a theme and kind of carry into all of 2019. Is that we carry that blessing very specifically to our street. The place we live day in and day out. The people. Do you ever think that God's like sovereign and in control? And that nothing's circumstantial, nothing's happenstance. Do you ever think you're living where you live because God puts you there? God put your neighbors, even the ones you don't like. God put them there around you for what he wants to do. We are to be a blessing to our neighbors. And and I have a gift for you today. A gift that I, I think will really, maybe more than anything else you have in your life, will help you do and help you to be just that. It's an app. Because isn't everything an app today? But, but, but it is an app and it is something that I, I think is going to really help you be very purposeful in how you look at, how you approach your neighborhood, how you seek to be God with us on your neighborhood. Now, you, you may have gotten one, well, you, I hope you did. If you didn't, you can get one on the way out. Got one of these cards in your bulletin and what you see on it, and it's up there on the screen now. Uh, The next slide, the directions. Uh, 16 directions to get this. Doesn't that sound a little daunting? 
I mean, right after this, there's a chemistry test. Um, That looks like a lot. All we've done is really write out every single thought to make it as easy and doable for, for all of us as we do this. But what this will do is help you get the program, whether you use it on a desktop or, or on your phone, uh, get to that. So there's a couple of things I want to show you about this, but the first one is, is obviously how to get it. The first three or four instructions, five instructions, is just getting you an account, getting you signed up. Uh, just a reminder, if you have our church app, and I know I'm using the word app a lot now, if you have our church app every Sunday, not just today, Everything you see on the screen is in the sermon notes on your church app. So if you, if you have that and you use that, you can just go to the screen and you'd be able to go to the link, sbcv.org, bless every home. You'd be able to go to that right from your phone. So the first couple instructions is just getting you to where you can access the gift. You're going to put in your, your email and confirm all that. And then you're going to get to the dashboard. And I'll show you the dashboard in a moment. But uh, you're going to want to go into your settings. And the first thing you're going to do is pick the size of your neighborhood. Now, the default, what you will automatically be assigned is 40 homes. And I, I, I went with 40 homes. I think it's a, it's a good number. Now, I realize some of you live in the country, right? And like the 40th home might be like 18 miles away. So probably you would not choose 40 homes. Or maybe you live in, like our neighborhood's 27 homes. Uh, I'd go with 27 if I were you. Uh, but, but 40 would be the default. You go in there and you, you click on that and then you put in your address. And then what you're, you're going to have is a map of the 40 closest homes around you. For me, I mean, I can walk out my front door and walk in less than two minutes to, to 40 homes that are right outside of my front door. So you're setting all that up. And then number 11 and 12 are very important, especially if you don't want to pay for this. Because we have, there's a, a monthly service fee for doing this because of the information that needs to be kept updated and whatnot. So we pay for that. We've, we've provided that for you. And you is is. All of you, obviously, if you're a member of our church, we have this for you. If this is your first time here and you never come back, I hope you get it. I hope you get it and I, and I hope you use it. No, it's not recorded anywhere in our computer that you downloaded it and never came back. That We won't know that. So please, by all means, take advantage of it. If you, if you watch online from the state of Washington, please get it. I, you know, I say the state of Washington, we have... We have like between 600 and 1,000 people watch online every single week. And we see where they are. And we kept noticing there's all these people in Washington. I mean, when you live in Colonial Heights, Virginia, why are people in Washington? How did they, how did they fi- figure it out? There's a huge army base out there. <laughs> and a lot of people leave Fort Lee and go to Washington. So they were actually one time sitting in here. So that's all completely useless information. It has nothing to do with anything. But if you're in Washington watching right now at I guess what would be about 8 in the morning, uh, I, I hope you'll use this. So, But put in, put in your church and, uh, and you're going to see another reason why in a moment. And also put in your association. That's the word this, this group uses, association. Yours is the SBC, Southern Baptist Churches or Southern Baptist Convention of Virginia. You may not think that's incredibly important, but I'm going to show you why in a moment. You, you'll want to see that. So make sure you do number 11 and 12. Uh, and then it, it's and save your settings, it'll walk you through. I think we've got it really detailed there for you to make it as simple as possible. So if you were to do this this afternoon, 
then tomorrow you're going to get an email. As a matter of fact, in there, you're going to choose what days you want to get an email. They'll send you an email five days a week, five out of, out of seven days. And so when you wake up tomorrow, at least mine usually comes around 6.30 or 7, uh, you'll get this email. Go to the next slide there with the email on it. And uh, it'll, it'll look like this. It says, hello, Mike. I, that, that's not my name. I didn't put in a false name. Mike, Mike Connor used his page. Our staff has been using this for, for a couple of months now. But uh, so those are Mike's neighbors. And yeah, we kind of blotched out the last names to give them some sense of privacy. But uh, those are five neighbors. He's got 40. He's got 40 neighbors that he's identified. But one, every day or five days a week, he's going to get a, an email and it gives them those five neighbors. And as you see at the bottom, there's a little uh, scriptural. There's a scripture there as kind of a prompt uh, of how you might pray or what you might pray for your neighbor that day. Now, you can pray whatever you want. Uh, that's just an idea. And, and of course, each time it's a different verse. So you, you pray different things about your neighbors, different things for your neighbors. As you go through that, you'll pray for 25 out of the 40 in in the course of a given week. And so uh, you pray as long as you want. Honestly, I pray for my neighbor. I pray for that list anywhere from about 30 seconds to three minutes uh, each day, kind of depending on the scripture or what I know about them, if I know anything about them. And so I, I use that. So you get that. You know, another thing you think is, do I tell anybody? And that's your choice, whether you, whether you tell anybody. There's not, nothing required to do that. I'm actually kind of praying through, maybe when I get into the new year, you know, do I tell my neighbors? Do I tell all my neighbors? Do I tell the ones I know, but maybe not so much the ones I don't know? The reason I'm kind of praying through that is... I'm kind of assuming that most of my neighbors would be appreciative of that. They'd, they'd be blessed by that. I would also assume that one or two will not be so blessed, right? As a matter of fact, I wouldn't be entirely shocked if, if, you know, if I sent them all a letter, if one you know, emailed me and said, you can take me off your list. I, w- I, wouldn't be, I wouldn't be offended. I wouldn't be shocked. I hope it doesn't happen. But it, but it could. And so you think about that with your neighbors, the ones you know, the ones you don't know, whether you let them know or not. It's all, that's all your decision and what you do with that. But what we're going to do is we're going to begin. Remember, my goal, my goal is that my 40 neighbors would all have the opportunity every single week to say, God's with me. Wherever I go this week, whatever I'm dealing with, the good days, the bad days, this relationship, that situation, that they know Emmanuel, that they know God is with me. So that work in my neighborhood is going to begin with prayer. I'm going to just begin praying for them. Now, let's go to the dashboard, and now we'll get a bigger picture of what we're doing. There's actually four things we want to try to do, four things, prayer, care, share, and disciple. Prayer, care, share, and disciple. Now those first two, prayer and care, those are the ones the numbers are going to run up on pretty easily. I mean, you're praying five days a week. That means every day you add five to the list of people you've prayed for. I mean, every even when you're on vacation, that number's growing by, by five. Caring, that'll happen as you know, you make opportunity or opportunities present themselves. We've already understand what we're praying. Caring is just being a good neighbor. 
You know, you take over a plate of cookies, you help them shovel snow in the driveway or blow leaves or fix a flat tire. You invite them over for hamburgers and hot dogs, a a, a cookout. It's just caring. Some of you already, you've been doing that forever, haven't you? Some of you are really good neighbors. My wife is like that. She's up down the street this week taking fudge to everybody. I'm a... I'm not quite as good at it. I'm not a bad neighbor. I'm like, I will have the thought, man, I want to be a good neighbor. And then I blink and like six months passes. You know what I'm talking about? And I haven't done one thing because just like you, I'm running around like a chicken with my head cut off. And, you know, just busy, 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 busy. And, and it's, isn't it amazing how much time can pass and we don't even speak to our neighbors? And these are people that God has put within 50 feet of me. I know the blessing of saying God is with me. And here's this person that lives 50 feet or 200 feet from me. Do they have that blessing? I'm guessing God thought when he planted me there that that might be the result, right? But but we get busy and, and running around. So what this does is it keeps it in front of me. It helps me to kind of monitor. Okay, here, here's how I've prayed. Here's how I've cared. And all of that praying and caring. Now here's the good news. Every single one of us can do that. There is nothing about you in which you're sitting there right now saying, well, I can't, I can't, I can't do that. Yes, you can. You, everyone can do it, and you can do it for everyone. I, I call prayer and care, that's very manger-like. It's, it's just how everybody can access that. Now, the challenge, the reason we prayer and care is to try to get to the next two. And that's sharing and discipling. Sharing is a work, is a ministry we want to have with those who, who don't believe, who don't know, don't have a relationship with the Lord. Discipling, that's what we do to encourage and, and teach and help those that do have a relationship with the Lord. And these last two, I know at least statistically, I'm not talking about you, you personally, statistically, we're not doing, we're not doing it. Sharing and discipling, I'm not... I'm not, I'm not doing that. That's, that's awkward. That's weird. I, I don't know how my neighbor's going to respond. I don't want to be rejected. I don't want to be made fun of. I don't know what to say. I don't, I don't know what to do. I can't do it. So statistically, we don't do it. I mean, here, here we are gathering. I mean, I'm celebrating Jesus Christ. He's, he's come into the world. I know God's love and forgiveness. And I've lived next to somebody for, for 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. And I would not for anything tell them about Christ. Now, we'll never say it that way. But that's pretty much what our actions have communicated, isn't it? I, I'm not, I'm not going to do it. It just seems too daunting, too overwhelming. Here again, I refer back to this gift. If you start using this, you're praying and you're caring. Six months, nine months, 15 months down the road, I promise you, you are going to have created a new environment with your neighbors. You're you're going to have created a new culture. Do you know some conversations are going to have happened where actually maybe you know, somebody's sharing something significant in their lives or a concern and anxiety in their lives. They're, you give this. You use this 6, 9, 15 months. And I don't, I'm going to be careful using this word. It's going to be easy. That's, that's a, that's a, for something most of us, that looks so hard and so daunting. I'm not going to, and now I'm saying it's going to be easy. You give this time. 
you start praying for those homes. You start trying to care for those homes. You give it time, and I'm telling you, it's going to be maybe a better word than easy. It's going to be much more natural to find yourself in a position where you can share and you can disciple. Now, sharing, what, what is sharing? Sharing the gospel. I, I think there's more things we can do to share, but I just want to be clear. It's sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. Letting them know how they can come into a relationship with Jesus so they can know God is with me. Right? Now, there's others. Inviting them to church. That, 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 that's a way that begins a process that develops an atmosphere for that. Sometimes maybe it's not sharing like the whole gospel or doing some Bible study or whatever you think in your mind goes with that. I mean, you might be standing at the end of your driveway getting mail and, and you stop and talk and they share something about something that's coming up and you, you have the opportunity to say, hey, you know what? I've been through something like that. Could I, can I tell you about what the Lord meant to me when I went through that? And, and you know, you're just, you might be telling a, a one-minute story. That's a part of sharing. The goal of praying and caring is to get to that opportunity to share. Disciple. Now, that's a word. For, oh, I can't disciple anybody. You know what discipling is? It's just teaching, helping, encouraging somebody in their own walk with Christ. I mean, it might, might be as simple as you're, again, you're at the end of your driveway and you tell them about something that your incredible pastor taught you yesterday in a sermon. I mean, surely you're telling your neighbors about that every, every week, right? Oh, golly, thanks a lot. Uh, no, you're sharing about a sermon, maybe a Bible study you're in. Maybe you invite them. Hey, would you like to come to Bible study? I mean, when you invite somebody to a Bible study or one of your life groups, is that not encouraging their own walk with the Lord? Is that not encouraging their relationship with them? So th that's an act of discipling. You know, folks, I think you put all these together, prayer, care, share, disciple. These are things, why we don't always do them, I think we all want. I, I, I think a lot of us, whether it's a sermon or something we're reading or we just have the thought, I, I think a lot of us, man, I wish I was, I want to be a better neighbor. And you know what? I want to be a better witness. And then, like I said, that thought is there and it's real. And I blink and six months have passed. And I have not done anything to be a better witness or to be a, a better neighbor. What does this do? Man, it keeps it in front of me every single day. Every single day I have a chance to see, to measure, to think about what I'm doing, what I'm not doing, what can I do. And, and you know, here, here's the thing. So you, you've, you, you've got how many homes you've for, what, how many times you've prayed, Carol, but look over there on the right, the Heights Baptist Church. See, I'm not doing this alone. There's 7 billion people on the planet and I'm taking care of 40 homes. Boy, that's going to change the world. Hey, you're not alone, and you are a part of something. You know, folks, every time you click, I just prayed, that adds five. That, that adds to the prayer. The reason there's already some numbers there is because our staff has, has been doing this for a month. You know, there's several of us that have been doing this, and so every day that, you know, there's been 482 prayed for, there's been nine cared for, three shared for, one discipled. But, hey, what happens if today... We go home and we add 500, 1,000 people doing this. Do you realize that number tomorrow jumps to 5,000 prayed for? I mean, just like that. I mean, I'm not alone. I'm a part of doing this. This is, uh, this is us together. You know, the vision of our church is that in, in 10 years, we're going to be a church in the 804 that our community, that the 804 cannot imagine being without 
And what we're going to do over the next seven, eight, ten years is we're going to bring to you ministries and opportunities and things that you can do as an individual, things you can do in your life group, things we'll do as a, a large group. And every single thing we bring to you will be a distant second place to this right here. I, I literally cannot imagine we're going to bring something to you that can more significantly impact the 804 area code with the love of God than this right here. I mean, folks, think about it. If a thousand of us do this, that, that, that's 25,000 homes. Let's say there's an average, an average of 25 homes we're going to have. Some of us are going to have 40, some are going to have... Let's say we average 25. That's 25,000 homes in the 804 that are going to be prayed for this week. Now you start multiplying that by four weeks, by four months, by a year. They start adding that cared for, that homes. Again, some of you already do this, but now with a, maybe a little bit more intentionality, a little bit more purpose. I mean, folks, this is us. This is us leaving here. And I mean, this afternoon, we're the church on our street. We're Jesus in the flesh on our street. That's how we're going to become that church for the 804. And, and here's one more thing. As a church, we're not alone. Now, this, this focuses on one group of churches, the SBC of Virginia. I'm, I'm not leaving out other denominations or churches in our, in our culture or our community. But I am referring to those that we refer to as our sister churches, other SBC churches of Virginia. And we're going to realize, hey, it's not just the 804. We're going after all of Virginia for the gospel of Christ. Amen? I want everybody in the commonwealth to know that God's with them. Whatever they've got in front of them this week, God is with them. I want everybody in our state to know that. And every time I do something, every time I uh, measure that or, or put that in, boy, what happens at the heights goes up, what happens in our state goes up. I don't know about y'all, I just get kind of motivated by that. I get kind of excited about that. Now, let me show you one more, two, two things, but on one thing on two slides. So there's a, there's a visual picture. Now, again, this is, this is Mike Connor. So that little circle, that's Mike there in the middle. And, and that's where he is in the midst of those 40 homes. I don't look at the map a whole lot. Probably look at it every couple of weeks. I find one of the great values of looking at the map is just visually right away, I'm reminded, God put me somewhere. God put me in the center of those 40 homes. And just to see that and be reminded, there's not an accident here. It's not, oh, it's just the home I chose. Oh, that's just the neighbor that I chose. I wish that neighbor would choose to leave. No, uh, hey, we can pray they leave. But until they leave, right? Oh, I'm getting ready to move. Until you move, that's where God has you. And you know what you can click on? You, you take your cursor and click on any one of those homes. Go to the next slide. You'll be able to see the name. You'll see how many times you've prayed for them, what you've, how many times you've cared, shared, discipled. You notice you can put in notes, oh, they asked me to pray about this specific thing or to be aware of this. Or maybe I just want to know, okay, they have four kids or they have one kid or they just had a death. I just want to remind myself. And so, you know, it gives you a chance and you can kind of keep up with that around your neighborhood. Now you think, okay, I just remembered, it's December 23rd. Was it, is this a Christmas message? It doesn't sound very much like a Christmas. You know, actually, I, I learned about this and got excited about this for you and me the first week in October. 
I, I very much on purpose put it here today. Because this is the manger. What, what is the manger? What is, what is in that picture? That is God putting on flesh so you could be near him. That's God putting on flesh so you could see and touch and, and understand who he is and that he is, is with you. That's how you and I have been blessed. And, and a couple of weeks ago when we were looking at that, we looked at Philippians chapter 2. And it actually describes that moment, that process where Jesus puts on flesh, where Jesus puts on humanity. And there's two key words. As Jesus put that on, it said what he was putting on was humility. What he was putting on was servanthood. And then it looks at you and it looks at me and it says, have the exact same attitude. Have the same attitude, have the same mindset. When you pull down your street in about ten more minutes, that you're looking, you're humbly looking for the way. Drive by those homes. I'm going to humbly look for a way to serve these homes so that they can see God. I'm going to humbly look for a way to serve these homes. Gosh, every one of us can pray. Whatever else I can or cannot do, I can serve these homes. Starts with prayer, right? I can pray for them. I'm going to humbly serve these homes so that they can see God. So that they can know God is with them. You know, I have, uh, I've been using this for about two months. I've, I've lived... On my street for 16 years. And you know neighbors. I mean we're a very transient society aren't we. I mean people coming and going all the time. Moving in moving out. Man not my street. My street is weirdly stuck in one place. (laughs) I mean like. Most of my neighbors have been there longer than me. And I've been there 16 years. And the ones who haven't been there as long as me. Oh they've only been there 14 years. Man I I have lived right in the center of this. These 40 homes. For years. Tell you what. Downloading this and starting to use it. Has totally changed what happens in my heart and mind now. When I turn down my street. It has totally changed how I view. And how I understand those homes. And people. God has put within 50, 75, 125 feet. To live near me. Who possesses the blessing of God being with me. Could, 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 could I get up in all of our faces just real quickly for one second? If this is not what we're doing on our street, if we're not seeking to be God in the flesh, the church, Jesus, on our street, then could I just ask us all to consider what in the world is it we think we're celebrating today? What are you, what are you celebrating tomorrow night and Tuesday morning? What in the world do we think we're celebrating if we're not doing this? He put on flesh so you could know God. And then he said, you have the exact same attitude. Let's pray. Oh, Father, I, I'm, I'm so excited. I, I, I love our church. Lord, these, these people, they're faithful. They're good. Lord, like me, I know they want to do this. I, I can't wait to see the numbers jump. 
Gosh, those numbers we just looked at a few moments ago, that's just 10, 15, 20 people doing that. I I get excited to think about what happens when a thousand of us over the course of today, tomorrow, start getting added to this. Gosh, Lord, what can be the impact when we, this gathering right here, is praying for 25,000 homes regularly? Oh, Lord, what could be the difference in the 804 because we're doing this? What could be the difference by next Christmas? How many more homes could be saying, Oh, I know Jesus as Emmanuel. God with me wherever I go. Whatever I'm going through, God's with me. Oh, Lord, I pray you're going to You're going to bless this work. You're going to bless this activity. I would pray for every person sitting here, Lord, that as they do this, they're going to get to see. They're going to get to see something. I don't know how long it'll take or when, but they're going to see, wow, look what you did, God. Look what's happening here. And that just being multiplied out over our entire area code and and really throughout our entire state. Oh, Lord, may we stop and consider as we celebrate Christmas, do I really want my neighbors? Do I really want everybody in the state of Virginia to be able to say, Emmanuel, God's with me. Oh, God, hear our prayer and may we look forward to praising you for how you answer it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.